Hey everybody, Francesca here reminding you that I will be in Sacramento at the SAC Punchline on Sunday, March 17th at 7 p.m. with none other than Matt Lieb. That's right, we are co-headlining. It'll be super fun. It is St. Patrick's Day, so I guess we're all drinking, maybe? Anyway, get your tickets. There should be a link in this description, and I hope to see you there. to the Bituation Room. This is episode five already. It's amazing and this one is going to be just mm, so good because in the Bituation Room right now I have two amazing people. Um, we have Leila Salazar Lopez. Hi Leila, how are you? I'm doing great except for the broken window. I'm good. <laughs> this is the broken window policy. We're talking politics already, right? Or it's just living in San Francisco. Living in the city. It's a if you don't get your, that's your initiation to living in the city at this time. Getting your car broken into. It, it's, it's a part of the, it's a part of the game here. No. We know the mission isn't lost <laughs> yet. Layla is also the executive director of Amazon Watch, which has been doing some incredible uh, work, um, base building with indigenous organizations all throughout Ecuador and, and Brazil and Peru and working with communities to preserve uh, their land and also fight against giant companies like Chevron, uh, cases that they have won and that have been rolled back and then they're viciously fighting. And she's been doing this work for, I don't know, 15 years now? 25. Okay, there you go. <laughs> and then someone to her left and to my right over here politically. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. The far right end. To the far right of the habituation room is one of my dearest friends who I've known since... We both starred in the high school musical you, Bye Bye Birdie. No, you starred. I was a. Two, I played two extra roles. Uh, but you had arguably a harder part then because it was two different characters. How did you prepare for that role? <laughs> it was. Uh, yeah, it was. What strain of weed? Was no, it an indica was, or a sativa? No, that was that was high school. That was those were those were just like my natural adolescent, uh, you know chemical imbalances that were leading to me <laughs> screaming anyway drama drama talk drama talk my drama queen here is Jonathan Rosen he is my just my dearest friend and he also is a map maker a if map you, maker if you ever wanted to learn about like the history of like San Francisco tenant buildings in the 1910s exactly ask Jonathan ask me because I'll talk at length about it and to anyone who will listen <laughs> hello out there <laughs> hello out there we always start the habituation room out with uh, the same question and i know it's a loaded question especially just the week that we've had the threats the attacks the largest attack on the jewish community in the united states fun and uh, also our president just kind of leaning into that over and over and over again and doubling down um but i want to ask Four days out before the midterms, three days when two days when this podcast l drops. What are you guys bitching about right now? I have been bitching about politics, and I've been obsessed with every single detail of Trump's non-response to the terrorist attacks, uh, everything. But you know, I basically didn't leave the house for three days, and I finally left yesterday because it was gorgeous out in San Francisco. We have our 
our uh, extra, you know, bit of summer here. Um, and I walked and our I walked. Our Native American summer. Native American summer. <laughs> yes. Um, our Aboriginal summer. Aboriginal, yeah. Our Indigenous summer. Indigenous, our Ohlone summer. Our Ohlone Dia de los Muertos summer. Summer. Uh so, so what what is like w- the response essentially was let's track it right it was nothing than Jared Kushner and Ivanka begging for a response on Twitter a response on Twitter then a lot of rallies where he said well I had to be nice so and then a visit to Pittsburgh to Squirrel Hill where he was not welcome and then finally he left sort of without any fanfare. He did go, even though he was not welcome. He was asked not to go. He was told that there wouldn't be enough enough security to actually protect him. And then he left an umbrella on a fucking jetway. Thoughts on the umbrella, Jonathan? I think that that's just, that's just you know, indicative of someone who doesn't have any respect. <laughs> Umbrellas are not things to be left anywhere. <laughs> And yet it's like the one time where I identify with the pres- this president. It's yeah, like- no, that's very relatable. <laughs> that's like, you know, I, I don't know what to do with an umbrella. It's, it's frankly... When would you leave an umbrella? Like, I would leave an umbrella if, like, I were... I had a UTI and I was, like, peeing myself. Or, like... No, that, guy- I, don't, I do not begrudge him for leaving an umbrella. Like, he's the president of the United States. He should not have to deal with an umbrella. Sure, it should ev- eviscerate. I mean, I'm surprised it didn't evaporate in his hands just out of, like... Look, it was black, Black Lives Matter, in out of solidarity. So last year I was in Japan, and they have these beautiful, clear umbrellas that are everywhere. Right, that they use in the sunshine. They use, no, well, these ones are for the, for the you know, okay. monsoon season. Right. Or whatever, like when it's raining a lot. But um, I got under the impression that they were just kind of public umbrellas, because they're all exactly the same, and they're all everywhere. And I don't know, I mean... Maybe they were, maybe they weren't, but they were very available. So you'd be mad if he left one of those very nice umbrellas? I would be mad if people... I'm mad that people are taking him to task on that as as your <laughs> right flank here. Um, that that's what they're focusing on? No, I mean, the guy is completely irrelevant. It's like, go watch your new, your Fox News and shut up because mm-hmm. that's not how you be a president. That's not how you be a person. <laughs> But, um, yeah, that, that, I'm bitching about that. But I'm also, I I was very upset um, when I was walking because I passed by Zara in um, Union Square. Uh-huh. And I saw the new um, girls' uh, winter collection is just atrocious. <laughs> Layla, what are you bitching about? Well, you know, I mean, I don't even want to repeat his name. But, you know, the big T over here, um, number 45, (laughs) like just, you know, he's the worst of the worst. You said, you know, you don't even know if he's human. He's the most indecent, disrespectful, gross person in, you know, we've all ever encountered. But if you could imagine someone almost worse, it's the new president of Brazil. And that's really, really, really scary. Like that is, you know, I mean, this week has been horrible. This week has been just like one bad thing over another. Sunday was Saturday and Sunday were pretty pretty bad, right? With, because first with, it was the <laughs> it was the Squirrel Hill and and the synagogue shooting, and then this is Jair Bolsonaro won the se- the day after, right? Yes. Which Brazilians get to vote on a weekend on Sunday, which yeah. is like I think 
that's the way Americans, not to say that we might not have elected still our, you know, little fascist over here, but, or big fascist, but, you know, at least give us the weekend to vote. But so tell us why is he so, I think we've, some of us have heard why he's so bad, but what does he mean to you? Why, why are you bitching so hard about this dude? I mean, this is a person who said, you know, I'd rather have a dead son than a gay son. Yeah. I mean, this is a person who has said, you know, you know, we're going to we're going to clean up Brazil. You know, Africa, you know, all African Brazilians should go back to Africa. And indigenous people don't deserve that much land. We're taking it back. I mean, he said this, 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 these horrible things, horrible things about, you know, that woman was ugly. She's not even, you know pretty enough you know she's too ugly to rape yeah yeah you're not I worth mean, the trouble I mean, I mean just i mean who says that right who trump says, trump says that but. i mean <laughs> but like this guy's saying it and yeah this is like people, locker room talk is swung open the lo- yeah. the doors of the men's locker room are completely wide open he's saying uh, this and people it's just long balls and fascism and you know not just you know you know not just you know white men in brazil like you know friends of ours who were like we need security and order in brazil it's like are you serious like but this yeah like no the pt is too corrupt i'm like their party is has take has control of the congress and they're all being investigated for corruption but no one wants to listen to that you know it's just that you want security and order yes there's some messed up stuff happening you know 150 people are killed a day in brazil so yes that's Mm. horrible but you know, are we going? We're, I mean, we're base, basically Brazil is headed back to military dictatorship, and people are okay with that. Which he, which <laughs> Bolsonaro has said that he is for that. That basically the job needs to be finished from the military dictatorship, and thirty thousand people disappeared. Why not more? And people are going to die. It. I oh, mean, he, he denies that they I mean, even were he killed denies, in the first place. He denies it. I mean, it's it's. I mean, and it's not just like you know, it's like Trump. It's like he's not waiting. He spewed out all this and then i mean just you know just yesterday it's like we're going to merge the agribiz you know the agriculture and environmental ministries we don't need an environmental ministry anymore we're just going to make the rainforest into one big soy plantation it's so tell us a little bit about sick. that Layla. like for people who don't know sort of what what could this mean for the environment and for the amazon for people who aren't sort of up on kind of how the law of the rainforest works down there it's and- ecological and planetary suicide I mean, to be point blank. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we already know that, you know, over 50%, well, you know, I, I shouldn't say over, but nearly 50% of the Amazon rainforest is already deforested, is already degraded. Mm-hmm. Climate scientists um, have been saying if it gets to that point, if it gets to 50%, it's going to reach a tipping point where there will be no return. And what does that mean really for the Amazon for indigenous people, so biological diversity for our climate, it means no rainfall. That's what it means. Yeah. It means no rainfall in the Amazon. No rainfall in the Amazon means no rainfall in Argentina, no rainfall in Kansas. (laughs) That's what it means. No rainfall. Permanent drought and loss of massive biodiversity, not to mention cultural diversity and, um, you know, it's 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 pretty devastating to hear. So this is, I mean, yeah. And one thing I've heard you say over and over again that I love is that the idea that like the Amazon, which I've never been to the Amazon, and I would so love to go, but 
you know, they are the, the lungs of the world and especially of the Western Hemisphere. And so all the cloud formations that form in the Amazon, they like, they go, you know, north and south. So exactly what you're saying, Argentina and rest of South America are affected as well as Central America and North America. So we need to preserve that. And of course, you know, cutting it all down, you can see this flying over the Amazon. You see the sort of soy crop versus beautiful lush rainforest and uh, I remember when I was little at the nature conservatory like the, this little shop where you go in and like buy stuffed animals of like crickets and stuff and then they'd be like you know put a quarter in and you can save an acre of the Amazon I was like yay and like buy a tree everything was great in 86 you know um in 87 what happened can't we still just save a little just save my little swath. I have people who are also like, yeah, well, uh, you couldn't vote for the other guy because uh, the worker party dude the, cause who also ran instead of uh, um, Lula, who's been in prison. This is the former president of Brazil who was imprisoned over corruption charges that, again, were corruption charges that were levied on a bunch of people from a bunch of different parties. So it's kind of as if, like, in the U.S., both the Democrats and the Republicans were... you know implicated in the same scandal pharmaceuticals or you know anything really and then only one party was sent to prison or only one party was held responsible when everyone was sort of involved but anyway I have friends there who are like yeah well if you voted for the other guy he would let Lula out of prison and it's like so like why is that the most important thing (laughs) really right I mean Uh, look at what look at the path that you're on I mean look at the path that you know they are about to go on and so it is pretty scary and um you know luckily we've been talking a lot to our allies on the ground in brazil and um you know honestly they're they're scared you know i mean he's threatened to you know cut off activism in brazil i mean he's literally said that we're going to stop activism in brazil we're going to take the international groups out here well this is this this really calls for i mean he's just kind of bringing it on a lot more international solidarity for brazil for sure. and a lot of brazilians don't like that they're like oh you're gonna like you want to come and take over the amazon it's like are you serious you know like we're actually trying to support protecting it for you know for the biodiversity for the peoples indigenous peoples more than 400 indigenous nations that live there mm-hmm. and for the rest of the world right and it is dangerous to be an environmental activist, and it has been dangerous in Brazil to be an environmental activist. Who it's the most dangerous place to be an activist in the world. I mean, and an, an earth defender, an environmental human rights defender, earth defender. It's the most dangerous place to be. So it's not looking pretty, and you know, it's it's going to take a lot of us to to unite and really support them, just like we're talking about here. You know, and Mm-hmm. You know, we're, I think, you know, just like we're talking about here, you know, the youth, you know, the women really kind of coming together and getting out to vote. Um, I think, you know, the voting isn't going to be what's going to change what's happening in Brazil right now. But I think the youth and the women and the indigenous peoples and the activists are going to be, you know, they are going to be mobilizing. They're not going to stop. As always, they are always the ones to do all the work. Do you want to hear what I'm bitching about? I was going to talk about Trump's new ad where he goes after this guy who's an undocumented immigrant named Luis Braceros or something like this. Um, but I'll quickly just say that he's run this campaign ad that like talks about how this undocumented immigrant killed two police officers, which he did. 
There are 11 million undocumented immigrants in this country who are just chill, who are just like, hey, I work hard and I love a pathway to citizenship. I would love to, you know, be recognized for my work. But can I just tell you what I'm bitching about? Because it's it's not actually that serious. (laughs) Nail salons are the fucking weirdest. They're so gross. They're you. Have you been in one? Oh, yeah. My cousin in like 2005. Oh. See, that's the thing. Once, Layla, have you but been? But I'm a man. I've been. I go about once or twice a year. See, that's you know. that's a healthy amount. Yeah. Listen, I again talking about immigrants. These are hardworking and amazing. Like I had my nail, my fake nails, acrylic nails, done by this amazing like Vietnamese oh, yeah. what guy. What you do? Who wasn't even looking at my nails when he was just like <laughs> making them look fly? Um, I got them shorn. They were sh- what professionally shorn? I got them professionally just cut. They don't look that professionally cut, but I got them cut. And the funny thing about nail salons, not only is it like, I've been in nail salons in D.C., which are like, they feel like sweatshops or- where they're like, hi, would you like water, tea, or rosé? And you're like, I don't know. I just, just anything to get the poison smell out of my nose because it just <laughs> smells like chemicals and formaldehyde. It's like, it's like a, a, a morgue except so for everyone's rose? awake and everyone looks fancy. So I get rosé. And then that was in D.C., but I've been to nail salons in L.A., and then I went to one in the South Bay in the peninsula in California here, and uh, there was just a great little slogan on the wall. This is the other thing. There's, like, decorations. (laughs) There was a slogan on the wall. It was a very cute cute nail salon, pretty empty, because it was the morning, and uh, on the wall it said something like, when two people are together... And like are together, there was no space. It was like when two people are together. Sure. Um, and they share real quote unquote love. <laughs> so, <laughs> in scare quotes. In air quotes, in quotation marks, when two people are together and they share quote unquote love, <laughs> anything is possible. Yeah. But it was just like such a wonderful metaphor for how exploitative and gross and weird and also wonderful nail salons are you're like (laughs) this is perfect i love everything i'm gonna look fly and yet why is love in air quotes it's a bad translation clearly someone thought that that was important maybe someone thought that was gonna make it look like you know even more loving like let's put it in air quotes it's like extra love yeah it's sort of like a highlighter or exclamation point or maybe it's like the they got it at the dollar store they got it at the dollar yeah. store and it like said that <laughs> i mean listen uh, more power to all the like just you know mandarin and and japanese and all the other asian languages <laughs> which there are many who just don't give a fuck about english translation that's oh, like the best do, thing about asia do, but do we give a fuck about we have so many signs that we have absolutely no idea what they say i'm sure it's exactly the same thing um seeing like uh bad uh, Chinese tattoos. Do you think so? Oh yeah, bad Chinese tattoos for sure, which are like luck slash I'm an asshole. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I wonder if our, first of all, we don't have signs translated into Mandarin, one. So like already, like someone from China coming over, you know, and seeing well, on Muni, how are they going to understand Well, on Muni we do it? here. Oh sure, but that that's because for the local population. Yeah. Um, but I wonder if the translation is bad. I doubt it's that bad. Let me just say, I was at like some clock tower in, I can't remember which city in China and one of the many, but uh, it was beautiful. (laughs) And I go to the top 
and there's like these bells and then there's these huge beautiful drums and there's a sign right in the middle of the drums that says no louding (laughs) (laughs) but that's that's a really true sentiment don't loud (laughs) don't loud don't loud here especially americans (laughs) don't loud there especially americans yeah yeah i mean how many exactly they got they got the point across they did they absolutely got the point it's like just enough you know, I think there was also uh, this was great. I was uh, I was at the hotel, I think, in Shanghai and I went and looked underneath the cabinet and I was like, oh, what kind of toiletries they have? And they had a douche, a real douche. I'd never seen a douche before. Was it like sur- like wrapped for your sanitation or was it, it was like very f- much wrapped? It was just open and used. Well, I don't, I don't know. know what I look like I, I don't know what a douche is. You tell me to draw a douche, I would just draw you a picture of Brett Kavanaugh. Like I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know what a douche looks like. It's like a sea anemone. Because you know, I grew up in the like, you know, don't douche, that's bad. It's like okay. Oh yeah, the the heady nineties where it was just <laughs> that's all we really cared about was uh buy donate a quarter for a tree in the amazon <laughs> and don't douche that's all i learned yeah <laughs> honey and don't ride a motorcycle don't ride a motorcycle because you know that kind of girl but anyway so i look at this i look at the douche and on the back there's instructions in english and the first like step one shove in cunt <laughs> 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 But that's that's that got the point across. Like someone got like someone is an English translator and they did their work. And a little bit of a fuck you, America, which I kind of like. I gotta say is we're internationalists here, and we all say fuck America a little bit. Fuck the English language. Shove in cunt. I didn't even read step two. I was laughing so hard. This week, I think we're witnessing the cage rattling of every right winger's mind by our uh, conspiracy theorist president. When it really should be about mourning, it should be about a negation of white supremacy, it should be about this, it's not okay to send bombs to people, this is not about left or right, this is about decency. No, we don't want armed guards in our places of worship. <laughs> like, no, no, we don't want like, armed guards. I mean, and also on. a lot of them do, a lot of synagogues have, have armed, armed guards. Yeah. But no, t- tis the week of the migrant caravan. He's pulling out all the stops to scare Americans Uh, right before the vote Mm -hmm. because he knows that in record numbers people are registering they are volunteering they're door knocking uh and i wanted to play you a little clip because as we know uh one of the both of them of course but specifically the the mass murderer who shot 11 people killed 11 people uh in at the tree of life synagogue believed in a conspiracy theory that has been peddled by the right wing and by white supremacists online and somewhere we've seen a lot and actually we've talked about on Newsbroke, which is the George Soros conspiracy. Billionaire George Soros, who's actually given money to pretty good causes. Like, I didn't even know that he's gone, like, anti-occupation causes, Black Lives Matter causes. I I don't even, like, racial justice causes Mm -hmm. um, through the Open Society Foundation. Um... And when asked about the migrant caravan and the idea that maybe uh, George Soros could be behind it, which is one of the ideas that also, again, this mass murderer had in his head, this is what Trump had to say this week. This is after the shooting. 
I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. No. I wouldn't. I don't know who, but I, I wouldn't be surprised. A lot of people say yes. George Soros? Question mark. I wouldn't be surprised. A lot of people say yes. I wouldn't be surprised. Layla, your reaction to that? I'm not even surprised to hear that. That's 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 really kind of the the the, the crux of the matter is it's it's so despicable and yeah. so just out there. It's just it's just so out there that. I mean, we're actually getting numb to it. And that's mm-hmm. that's actually kind of scary, too. Wow. You need a wow. boogeyman. When there's wow. no real wow. boogeyman, when there's just people who are, like, with backpacks and their children coming from Nicaragua, not Nicaragua, from El Salvador, Guatemala, and Honduras, um, you just got to, like, and they look really harmless and they're not armed. You're like, I don't know. There might be Al-Qaeda in the midst of them. Middle Easterners. The, I think the the whole thing about getting numb is that he he gets that. That's why he's going ballistic and going in all different directions. He's been migrant. I mean, what I, I've tried to tune it out as much as I've been constantly reading about it. But he's <laughs> he is saying every other thing. I mean, trying to repeal the Fourteenth Amendment or say that by executive order the president can say that we don't have birthright citizenship. It's like. No, That's like, and, pe- <laughs> and people are like, oh, well, maybe he's kind of right. And it's like, I'm sorry, even if he were, fuck that. Like, this is how our country has worked. The 14th Amendment says very clearly that people have citizenship by virtue of being born in this, mm-hmm. like, within this uh, territory. How do you, like, how do you, as Trump, he, Trump is the son of an immigrant he is married to an immigrant he has been married to two immigrants now mm-hmm. um how do you get that level of dissonance i mean it's it's totally i mean it's the same thing we're in in brazil they're focusing on attacking people who are just living their lives as opposed to focusing on the actual clear and present danger which is climate change which is economic inequality, all of these things. It's just like, it's such an irrelevant... I mean, talking about this group of migrants trying to come from Central America to find a better life, to find asylum, and acting like that's the big issue. Like, we know what the issues are. The issues are that we have unbelievable economic inequality that's more and more acute every day. And, you know, talking about immigrants, like... Immigrants are awesome. Immigrants are the only thing that makes this country work. You said earlier, like, um, what's the dissonance with him having married and had children who are uh, of immigrants, right? Of immigrant mothers. White supremacy. Fucking racism. This whole thing is just a doubling down on how racist you can go. And this George Soros thing is like... His reaction, again, back to the dude on a porch. I don't want even, like, porches are too nice for the likes of Trump. A dude on a, like, pissed in because I was too lazy to go to the bathroom one night. Lazy boy with, like, a million farts just cuddled into, like, seven layers of fart. You know, there's, like, the wet. There's the dry, yeah. there's the stalactite the, the structural and stalagmite. Farts. The structural farts of a shitty lazy boy. Again, peed on one night because he was too drunk. Dude, his reaction to what's going on around him. Instead of saying, no, George Soros is not paying 
straight up say it. He is not paying for migrants to come across three borders, four borders, you know. No, 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 he's, I don't know, maybe, probably. Motherfucker, this is the reason that 11 people are dead. The thing that surprised me actually this week, I actually got a little bit of hope when I heard Mexico, that's where my family's from. Um, you know, it's like, you know, the, I, I, I mean, I don't want to call them migrant caravan. It's like they're seeking asylum. Mm. They yeah. are in such a yeah. horrible situation. They're not just going to, you know, it's like, who would, who would bring their children? You know, who does that to their children? It's like people who are in a desperate, dangerous situation will do that. Yeah, and That's it, what happened in Syria. Yeah. You know, a desperate, dire situation. They are afraid to go out of their homes. They're afraid to go to the store because of the BS that's happening in, yeah. in, in Central America. Mm-hmm. And when I heard, well, they're traveling across Mexico. Look at how, you know, the people of Mexico have welcomed you know, in Chiapas and Oaxaca. Look at how these are, you know, the, this is, this is who our people are. Right. They're good, hardworking people, gentle, good people, so caring you- people. And then, you know, there's a new president in Mexico. There's a new administration. They say, well, you could stay in Mexico. We'll give you jobs. And I said, really? I kind of heard that through the, the rumblings. And I was like, really? Did Mexico really offer that? Right. And then the response was, no, we don't want to stay here. We don't want to stay here. It's, you know, we don't feel safe here either. Mm. We want to go. And the thing that kind of blew my mind is you're in a horrible, desperate, dire situation, dangerous situation, and you still want to come here. Yeah. And there's still that vision of like, it'll still be better there. Cons- that's just what's, that is what is like giving me a headache. I'm like, the fact that people still feel like it's still safer here when all this BS is happening. Yeah. That's just. That people still believe in America is yeah. amazing. But when they get to the border, <laughs> when they get to the border now, okay, earlier that's in the exactly week, right. early in the week, it was like, okay, we're sending 5,000, you know, you know, Five thousand. Five thousand troops. troops. No, now it's fifteen thousand troops. It's like, Wait, is it really? What? That's what they said yesterday. The, well, it's been yeah, it's, it's, it's fluctuated. It's unclear how many have actually been deployed. So, so what are we gonna do? Like, what? Yeah. When are we gonna start the the caravan to go down there and you know welcome and to in. welcome them? Yesterday, I was at a Dia de los Muertos event in Sacramento, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> delivering petitions to Jerry Brown about keeping fossil fuels in the ground. The last chance he has to actually do it. Which and would be what? Would it be banning fracking or what's the... It would be to basically say no new permits. No new permits. Over a million petitions of people all across the state saying no new fossil fuel permits. In eight years, Jerry Brown's administration has permitted 20,000 new fossil fuel permits. Okay? So that could be for anything frac- from... For fracking. Or for, for fracking, also- for you know wells within cities in yeah. LA. Yeah. I mean, there's wells next to schools, yeah. next to homes. Yeah. You know, so... Expansion of um, new permits also ex- includes expansion of Richmond Refinery, Phillips 66 refineries. I mean, expansion. That's not climate leadership. That's right. not reducing our emissions. You know, you could praise all you want yeah. about renewable energy for electricity, but we're still addicted to fossil fuels and we need to get off of it. Yeah. So we're saying, you know, I went to Sacramento to deliver these petitions and there was um native um you know first nations miwok elders there and um this elder marge miwok elder said who gave who asked us 
Who asked us if people can come into our country or not, right. mm. into our land? Right. You know, and she said, she said, you know, Trump and the U.S. government doesn't have any right to tell them they can't come in here. This is our land. Right. This is our land. And so yeah, what are we going to do? Birthright. Let's go what back. What are we going to do? Yeah. Like as native people, and that's what she said. She put it out here. What are we going to do as native people who have land? What are we going to do to welcome them in? And I was like, I thought really, I was like, that gives me hope, mm-hmm. you know, but we also don't want to, you know, a violent confrontation at the border. I was, <laughs> I was one of those experiences that I had speaking about the links between Native Americans and indigenous folks and then migrants uh, coming across the border was at the Tohono Autumn Nation uh, down on the border of Arizona. Um, and it spans Nevada, Arizona, and um, it's a huge swath of land that's cut right in half by the by the U.S.-Mexico border. And because it's native land and a reservation, there is there is border patrol, but not a lot. And so you can actually, in fact, I did walk underneath the border and then cross back and forth. And I met with an older woman who said when we were younger, we'd actually have markets on the Mexico side and we would go back and forth and just freely crossing over. But yeah. it was such a a beautiful example of when we don't have fences and walls and barricades. Um, and this community, not everyone in the Tohono Autumn Nation, you know, feels the same way, but yeah. specifically this woman I spoke with and, and her, her friends and people do not want Border Patrol through their land. They also, um, they say, they, yeah, they're smuggling. We know there's drug smuggling and we know there's drug running. And we also know that, um, you know, there are people illegally entering, supposedly. But Border Patrol knows who they are. Border Patrol allows like right. the smugglers to come through and they know who they are. And so it's like they see this every day. I mean, can you imagine sort of living in this really precarious They're state? It. They're witnessing it. Um, but the other thing that they do is they leave out water and they leave out food and they for migrants who are coming into the U.S. And obviously going back to like people still believe in America like I've and I know, Leila, you've been around all throughout Latin America, but I've been to El Salvador and, you know, it is dire. It is, oh, your eight-year-old son needs to join a gang and kill somebody or I'm going to rape you and maybe kill you and your son. Like, okay, goodbye. Like, I'm leaving. And yeah, sure, Mexico is actually, you know, at least for now, not so much safer, especially as a precarious immigrant coming from Guatemala, El Salvador, uh, and elsewhere. But would you guys be citizens if there weren't birthright citizenship? Um, I, I'm a naturalized citizen, actually. And, you know, I think that m- most of the people that I know, they're not, first, you know, they're not like Mayflower people. People, <laughs> most people. Those people have, are all inbred anyway. First, can oh, we just- I, I love Mayflower people. They're great. But like, you know, like America has all to ty- talk about being Mayflower people. Don't you feel like the Mayflower people are always like, well, my great great grandfather was on the Mayflower. Really? But it doesn't give yeah. you it shouldn't give you any particular rights. It's like good for you. But like America is amazing because there are people from all over the world who somehow get along with each other. And, uh, you know, are productive and able to, you know, make a life for their families. Like, that's the whole idea. It's totally, it's just a, it's a, um, it's smoke and mirrors. It's basically like, we have real acute issues that have nothing to do with brown people coming over the border. Also, can I just say, if you don't like 
criminals in the U.S., immigrant criminals, supposedly, you never get to watch The Godfather ever again. All good movies are about immigrants causing organized crime. Yes, exactly. But like being bosses, like you never get to watch little Don Corleone sitting in Ellis Island going like, I don't know what song he's saying. He's saying a different song. It was like some Italian song. Yeah. E questo bambino. E questo bambino. E questo bambino è mafioso. Yeah. <laughs> We're a constantly evolving project. We're yeah, it's a it's a difficult to maintain beautiful dream that we're constantly trying to actually better you know i want to say that george carlin is wrong when he says the american dream is is exactly that it's a dream because you have to be asleep to believe it you know <laughs> he's been right but I, i think we all kind of have even the most critical of us and the most left of us have a, a you know there's 10% inside that's like, no, I kind of want to fight to make this dream a reality for yeah. everybody. And you got to pull it, those disparate strands together. But it does, you know, the the really insane thing about Trump's world is like, it's like he's never been on the street. You know, like you walk down the street. <laughs> he's never it, actually walked down he's the never, street. not ever walked down the street and see like, you know, people kind of know how to get along. Most people are just doing their thing. Most people are really nice. People are surprisingly nice in general. And people want what's best for themselves and for their families, but they're not going to kill you. And they're not going to like murder your family just because they are different than you. You might. I mean, Trump might. I mean, that's kind of like Trump's sort of deflection. Rich people don't think like that. Rich people always think because they secretly know that they shouldn't be accumulating the amount of wealth that they mm -hmm. are. And they're like, how the fuck did I get away with this? Yes, I'm a genius, but oh my God. Like, I have, I have three yachts. Rich people secretly know and are secretly afraid that like someone's going to come take their yacht. That's yeah. the whole That's how they walk around no, but it's, in the world. It's really it's the whole structure of American society because American society was structured around in, enslaving African people and like the whole fear the whole time was like this isn't right. Like it's not like, <laughs> right, you know, exactly. like, it's a, like people were like, oh, he was, doing this. he was a man of his time. It's like you look, you read back. There was abolitionists. There was like all, the whole history of slavery, the whole history of the United States. There were people who were like, there's something wrong with this situation. <laughs> like yeah. this isn't good. Like everyone knows, but that it's, it's manifest destiny. It's, yeah, it's this sure. is how it, this is how yeah. God wants it to be or whatever. But that God given right. What about a uh, Schoolhouse Rock? Do you ever watch that one? That r so the worst Schoolhouse Rock was definitely or Schoolhouse Rocks or School Homes uh, Jazz. I don't know, but school the worst jazz. <laughs> School Home Jazz. That's what I'm going to raise my kids on. Freestyling. Free it's time for School Home Jazz with Mom. With Mom. We're going to learn about slavery. Ooh, ha, hoo da dee uh, I don't know. But no, uh, that's awful. The point is, is uh, the worst Schoolhouse Rocks was, it was all about Western expansion and colonialism and like killing of Native Americans, but it was called Elbow Room. Do you remember that one? It's like elbow room, elbow room. Jeez. All we needed was elbow room. So it was like yeah. essentially the East got too crowded. So we just need a little elbow room. And, you know, our elbows were fastened with bayonets. And enough, give, you know, a few million so Native that, Americans died in a bunch of buffalo. In that's spine. why we had Western expansion. And Western expansion. Elbow room. Like I prefer the Manifest Destiny one rather than the like cartoonish like elbow room. 
ness. Well, remember how a bill becomes a law and like none of that stuff is true anymore? Like bills are just basically written by like lobbyists and then signed by a bunch of we should redo uh, uh i'm just rock. a bill i'm yeah i'm just a mitch mitch mcconnell slug i'm I <laughs> down the steps of the congress thud i'm on my back i can't get up now then alec takes it no i'm not then alec comes around and scoops me from the ground and we all sign the thing that been written because we don't think for ourselves we just think for our commission commission thank you all right you know we're getting yeah we're, we're workshop it but but basically like the whole idea like the the whole issue of distracting us from you know anything with the threat of immigrants or the threat of i don't know what else the threat like Trump is talking about non-Easterners, Middle Easterners. So so ridiculous. So, but here's the thing: like, I this is the point where I'm I get a little conspiratorial on the left, where I'm like, they should just plant a so-called Middle Easterner, (laughs) or like, or and or it makes me want to go on the border and just like start speaking in Arabic and freak everyone. Right. So first learn Arabic. First learn Arabic. So I'll just take some Lindsay Lohan classes. Oh, um, God. <laughs> I want to turn now to a different segment, a segment I like to call Targeted Character Assassination. This week's Targeted Character Assassination is about a guy that you might not have heard about. His name is Aaron Banks, and he is a British businessman who apparently this week we found out not only bankrolled the uh, Brexit strategy in the UK, right, which this was the UK's um, exit from the U- uh, European Union, but he actually seems to have been funded by Russians. So thanks to some reporting from uh, The Guardian, uh, we know that Aaron Banks, who previously claimed that like he maybe met with a Russian once, twice, one, Aaron Banks is not actually a billionaire. He's not even really a millionaire. He doesn't really have that much money. Yeah. And yet he funneled eight million pounds into the Brexit campaign. And now it seems like he met with Russians four times oh, um, and was promised investment opportunities and deals in mining and gold and actually tweeted about it at the time and bragged that he was buying up stocks in gold and mining. See, these are the... The fucking geniuses who try to, like, the geniuses who are trying to pull, just get away with the most ridiculous shenanigans. Shenanigans is a very Mitch McConnell term, by the way. Shenanigans. (laughs) But, so this guy, um, we found out now that uh, he met with a bunch of Russians. He probably was bankrolled the Brexit strategy. And it is sort of the other side to what's been going on in the United States and how we know that Russians have potentially funneled money to the Republican Party through organizations like the NRA, which is a story that's still unfolding, not to mention the amount of collusion with the Trump campaign, the amount of people, the the indictments, the guilty pleas. What do we make of, do we get it? Does Brexit get a do-over? Is this, does this warrant them for a do-over if we know that foreign money was funneled into the leave campaign i mean it's basically just money and when it comes down to it, it's people who are playing around with lives 
for the sake of enriching themselves. I mean, this uh, Aaron Banks, like the whole thing that started this, he um, wanted to own a diamond mine because he's a comedy <laughs> villain. And so he bought Cecil Rhodes, Cecil Rhodes, like the founder of Rhodesia, you know, like long colonialist history of, you know, extracting resources from Africa. Um, he bought this old mine that obviously is like, it's hot, like more than a hundred years old. Like it's not, there's not much to get out of mommy, it. Mummy, 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 I want to own a mine when I'm older. Yeah, when I'm older, I dream a of diamond being, a, mine. being a colonialist <laughs> baron. I just want to, I want to see little limbs cut off. Yeah. I mean, I, I want blood. This, this is blood diamonds. This I is, want a blood diamond, mummy. Can I have it? No, son. No, son. But but if you try hard enough, one day you will. So he bought this mine, and he wasn't able to make payroll. There are like emails from the head of this mine uh, saying like we're you know we need like four million rand to make payroll this year. How do you? How do you? Well, I'm sorry. How do you buy a diamond mine and I'm lose not- money? No, this is the fucking geniuses again who are running our world. Like, right. how do you own casinos like Trump did and bankrupt them? Right. It's like, well, I mean, that's that's diamonds are the most forever. ridiculous thing. They are forever, but they're also nothing. They're just carbon rocks that happen to be dense and whatever. I mean, I don't know. I don't have any diamonds, but they're pointless and they're a, a horrible reason to dig into the ground there's no reason to to cause the kind of environmental and human destruction that they cause but they're a great reason to stay with someone for the rest of your life yeah well they're a great symbol of our love but um <laughs> of our quote unquote, unquote love quote love <laughs> um but no i mean this guy so, so he couldn't make payroll he then couldn't make payroll so then he's like he calls up his friends and then there's i think the public meeting there, he publicly like bragged about having a boo- six-hour boozy lunch with the um, with the ambassador. Ru- Russian ambassador to uh, to the UK um, with vodka that was made for Stalin. Oh, that's that's everyone's dream, you know. He, I bet he, I bet he called mummy up and said, <laughs> "I told you, mummy, you never believed in me, but yeah. I am drinking the the vodka of Stalinist Russia." Yeah, I, I lost my Brit- British accent. Yeah, well, when, once you talk about Russia, you have to go into your Natasha. Right. Yes, hello, yeah. Aaron Banks. You, you oh, he, his, his wife is Russian, right? I quote-unquote love you. I, I, lo- I love I, you. I quote-unquote quote, love you, honey. Th- this this is how Melania communicates. This is Melania's p- pillow husband. talk. Her contractually required pillow talk. <laughs> I love you, honey. Yeah, her <laughs> it's just written on the actual pillow what she's supposed to say. You are so big. It not look like Yeti. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like Toadstool from Mario Brother. It, oh. it like Yoshi from Mario Brother. Pew oh, pew. That would be something. Yoshi. Yoshi penis is First of all, we all know Mario is hung like a horse. Oh yeah, that's the only reason that Princess, uh, Princess, what, what, Princess Leia, what Toadstool. Was what was her name, Princess? Princess Toadstool, which means that she used to be Toad's princess. Her name was Princess Toadstool. Yes. And then there was Toad. And there's Toad, who is a stool, 
who is a, just a small mushroom head. A chode. Who is a little chode. Toad the chode. Toad the chode. Originally, it was called chode. So that's why he couldn't he couldn't seal the deal. <laughs> but they used to be married, and Princess Toadstool took his name, and then Mario came in, hung like a horse. What? Where's hung Luigi? Like a, it's a me. And Luigi is the like jilted lover, <laughs> or brother. The brother, Mario brother. I feel like Luigi is just like I came here to paint. I don't know about you. Yeah. <laughs> or he's a plumber. <laughs> exactly. I came here to do some. How did they get into Layla, this whole situation? I heard you had a broken window. I came. Uh, Luigi. Luigi. I, I'm here to fix your window. Okay. Back to Aaron Banks. And so this guy is basically looking for an opportunity to make a shit ton of money, and it just so happens that he's a. There's just a lot of convenient idiots, both in Brexit right. and in the Trump administration, and. Essentially, like we, they want to be played. They want like it's like okay, Russian like just for the honor of sitting with the Russian ambassador, he's willing to do everything. I mean, maybe he genuinely believes in in Brexit, but ultimately, part of the reason that Brexit was so important to these very wealthy people is that the the EU was going to implement laws that would make their lives harder, and you know, anti corruption, anti. Um, tax evasion laws right um, you mean you mean both them both them but also their russian counterparts i have i mean the russians are just they're just taking advantage of a situation that's already been there right True. like can we also just say that i mean this I've, I've talked about this a lot but cambridge analytica which was hired by the trump administration or the trump campaign excuse me to basically run psychograph campaigns and and manipulate millions tens of millions of americans through facebook and social media also was running strategy online strategy for the leave campaign in the uk with nigel farage and all those folks and also has had a hand i believe in in the brazilian election too um in the filipino election or the philippines election for duterte so like everyone is is utilizing the same like orwellian cyber organizations to manipulate us and control us yeah. um and it's scary so but why we, is it working like why is any this is just like we like memes it's because we, we, we like we, we like the pretty pictures on our phone um listen why fire festival like yeah. if if a bunch of people can pay thirty thousand dollars to go to a non-existent festival in the caribbean right then we're lost. Then we can also vote for a blowhard, nonsense, redheaded free. But what, what about the, 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 the voting, though, in, in a couple of days? You know, do we actually, I mean, I think, you know, it's talking about conspiracy theory. I mean, I'm just like. We don't really need one to see that the vote is being suppressed. You know, like I'm going to be heading to Georgia to cover the Stacey Abrams um, gubernatorial race against Kemp, who is. Uh, has suppressed the, you know, 60,000 or more. He's a secretary of state and he hasn't recused himself from overseeing the vote in mm -hmm. Georgia where he's actually running. He's like, he is the one running yeah. against, against Stacey Abrams. And this is the thing though, is that like, once it's all said and done, we have this because of our political system, also because of sports, we have such a winner take all mentality. Like sports. you win, you lose, fuck you. It's like, no. First of all, flags have been raised. So if she loses, that's fine. But like, it's not a fair election. Right. Like we all know there was cheating that but happened. Oprah is now campaigning for her, for Stacey Abrams. Have you seen that? No, I want to see this. She's going door to door, wow. um, and it's like 
it's Oprah. Like, and she's bored of being Oprah at this point. She's like, <laughs> yeah, big surprise. Vote for Stacey Abrams. Like, are so you she just open the door, slap you. I'm Oprah. Vote <laughs> Abrams. <laughs> yeah. Well, like, can you imagine being Oprah at a certain point? Like, everyone's always going to freak out when you see see her. What a time to not have Oprah on the air. Exactly. I mean, I don't know what she's what she's planning for 2020, but I don't know. I think that she might be a viable candidate. I really don't want Oprah for so many reasons. But, oh God, I hate to say this, but I don't want to see the vitriol against Oprah. Oh, yeah. I don't want to see Oprah mm. torn down in the most hateful, right. racist, sexist ways. Right. I'm not saying we don't deserve a black female president. No. I'm not saying I, that. I don't think we do. I think Exactly. That's what I'm saying. I, I don't, I'm not saying we shouldn't have one, but I don't think you're right. I don't think we'd fucking deserve one right now. Yeah. Um, because we tear them apart, oh. and I think we need to get to a place where we... I want to elect women of color on local levels. Let's get used to this. Them ha- being in power, yes. Yep. And let's support a real a candidate that we want. Also, Oprah being a billionaire. Also, Oprah being a celebrity. Not really the progressive person that I would like to see. But I'm well, so how glad about she's Abrams? campaigning for Abrams. Yes, Abrams. So I, I think, you know, we were talking about this last week on The Bituation Room, but... We know there's cheating. We know there's stealing. Mm-hmm. We know there's suppression. It's a it's a matter of overwhelming the steal, as I've learned from Pilger, Pilger's reporting. Um, mm. And you know that he has sued the state of Georgia. So we'll see mm. what happens with that. I don't know. Are you Layla? What, what are you seeing in in your area? And are you uh, getting out that vote? You making those calls? Um, you know, I've been really focused more locally, you know, we have a lot of housing, um, you know, talking about greed, I mean, the biggest issue, and I think that it relates to the window being broken. It's, it's greed here in San Francisco. Why, you know, we, we, you know, I talk about desperation. I mean, that's, I feel like that's the issue here. Mm -hmm. It is a pure example of the very, very poor and the very, very rich. The divide is just extremely just clear. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the very, very rich, they don't want to see the homeless people. They don't want to dedicate any funds to them. They just want them to go away. Yeah. You know, and they just want those homeless campments to go away. And we really need to, <laughs> we need to change that. You know, the, those people didn't live here five years ago. Mm-hmm. Right. So they need to check themselves and figure out, you know, where they are. Right. And, you know, before the they thing that, wreck themselves. I mean, the thing that really, really hurts, you know, to see, you know, La Victoria closing down, Galeria de la Raza closing down, yeah. you know, Casa Bonampak is going to close down for various reasons. But just like our, you know, what nothing are those is forever. Nothing is forever, but like some historic, you know, places that like make the mission what it is are closing. Mm-hmm. And they're not closing because they're just tired. They're closing because their rents are doubling and tripling. What's ironic about gentrification, though, is that so many tech workers and gentrifiers and which is, you know, it's it's fine for them to live in the city. But they the fact that they displace local businesses and like community, you know, uh, specifically like Latino run businesses and then and wanna, families and family-run <laughs> yeah. businesses, and then want to consume the culture right. of like, like Latino culture. Today is Dia de los Muertos. Today, in this evening, there's going to be a procession and 
that happens every single year to honor the dead. And um, there will be pictures put up around Garfield Park of people's loved ones who've died. There will be a lot of white people who are just going to come and like look and party and gawk and dress up, which is on the one hand fine. Last year I saw this and I was like, I kind of love that like, you know, they you take a back seat. Hey, your your culture is not like on display here. But at the same time, um, your presence is displacing this culture. Yeah. And if you want to consume it, then you have to actively work to protect it in yeah. some way. And that's, exactly. I think that's the way a lot of white people sort of interact with like, you know, uh, Latino culture is like they consume it rather than are a part of it. Mm-hmm. But it's like, yeah, it's like even still. El Farolito is their, <laughs> their love of Mexican food is like, <laughs> their connection to Mexican culture. Exactly. And, and which has been here since before San Francisco was part of the United States. <laughs> it started with El Farolito. It was yeah. the first thing on the map. Exactly. Sixteenth admission. <laughs> there you go. See speaking of the map maker. Right. And so it's like this and then I'm not blaming people for only engaging via consumption, but I just think that you have to then also oh, help re- protect it. I really love quesadillas though. You know that. Fucking last night I had Pancho Villa at 12 o'clock at night it was delicious and people were working their ass off in the kitchen and i was so fucking thankful and uh it's on all of us to protect people and and communities and businesses that give us all those wonderful things like uh amazing processions and amazing food we're gonna round out this podcast with our favorite segment i don't know if it's our favorite segment i don't know who our is it is a segment though it is a segment it does round out the show it is called Sext Elect Overthrow. It's like Mary Fuck Kill. Layla, have you ever played Mary Fuck Kill? I have not. What is it what is it all about? You have to decide out of the three people I will mention who you would elect, who you would sext, and who you would overthrow. So there were a few runners up for this for this uh, sex elect overthrow, we had the NPR lineup, and then we had a uh, millennial alt right lineup. Now, for the guests, for Layla and Yona, we sort of split the middle. So Yona knew everything about the NPR lineup, and Layla didn't know anything about any of the six people. <laughs> <laughs> I focus on the Amazon. So, uh, you know, if if we name different types of beetles in the Amazon, which one she would sex, elect, or overthrow, she could name it right now. But but see, that's not next time. Yeah. So for this one, we're going to just go with some classics, some faves of this uh, current hellscape of politics that we live in. So sex, elect, overthrow, all kind of in the news this week, of course, they're never not. Sarah Huckabee Sanders, uh, the, the White House spokesperson, who this week said that uh, Trump did win the popular vote. Okay. Sarah Huckabee Sanders, Stephen Miller, arguably the architect of a lot of the anti-immigrant policies that we're seeing now, or Jeff Sessions, the little worker bee who is just quietly trying (laughs) to do his job of locking up and deporting as many black people and immigrants as possible. It's tough. That's a uh, tough, a tough Overthrow group. them all. That's a really tough group. Yeah, it's really overthrow, bring him to the Hague, war crimes <laughs> tribunals, whatever it takes, lock him up. Um, no, okay, I, Yona, Sarah Huckabee Sanders, Stephen Miller, Jeff Sessions, who would you sex, who would you elect, who would you overthrow? Okay, um, that's really tough because it's, because you have to sex, well, I guess sex can be also kind of non-consensual. 
on some level. We're not. None of this is about consent. None of it is. I mean, I would probably sex Stephen Miller just because it would really get to him. Um, you know, we're both nice Jewish boys. Uh, we both, you know, grew up in California. He took the wrong path in my mind. Um, and I just think that, you know, I, I've never actually really sexted anyone, but I feel like it would be a good place to start. What would you sex him? Oh, uh, oh God. a dick pic, probably. I mean, <laughs> let's be real. I mean, uh, that with would, a little kippah on top with a little, yeah, a little yarmulke <laughs> and, you know, I don't know, gefilte fish, uh, something to appeal to the homeland and just be like, <laughs> but like, hey, what you doing, bro? And um, and that would be enough. And I think that would be the extent to which I want to interact with him for the rest of time. Great. Um, I would. Oh, I have to elect one. I would elect. Um, who are we doing? Mitch McConnell or. No, Jeff, Jeff Sessions. Oh, God. Isn't it nice that we have enough news going on that you just forget about Jeff Sessions every once in a while? And like, he likes it that yeah, way. I'm just sitting here doing my thing. <laughs> Um, I would elect him to, I don't know, um, I guess dog catcher is too high of a position. I, he, <laughs> he needs to, they, we just need to establish a parallel society, like their sort of wet dream society, and he can be a little mayor of Tiny Town. Like, oh, the mayor <gasps> of Tiny Town. Yeah. That's good. That's really good. Yeah, just run, you know, run one. I'm referring like the to flea the flea circus. The, no, there's a like 1930s exploitation movie of little people that um, that he would just fit in perfectly in. It's just sort of Hasn't like, it been rebooted with like uh, Matt Damon? Where it's like, or it's like downsize me or some shit like that. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what Matt Damon's up to either, but you know, <laughs> if he wants to get in on this, I, you know, we I welcome can, it. I'm, you know, I'm not throwing him into the mix. Okay, so he'll be he'll be the mayor of Tiny Town. Okay, and then over, I mean, Sarah Huckabee Sanders is the most reprehensible, like, fucking disgusting person i mean going up there and crying crying tears to act like how could you possibly say that trump had anything to do with this terrorist attack when he has baited and baited and baited and baited and baited for three years now publicly i mean and also you know he has made racism normal normal and the idea that you could be like how could you possibly accuse us of contributing to the murder of of 11 people just, you know she's just what white women do very well turn on the waterworks whenever you get in trouble oh, <laughs> people is, like she, who've gotten very far with that you just start crying so she is definitely an overthrow and i'm you know, I'm happy to see her. She can move into Tiny Town if she wants. <laughs> um, She'd be like the the attack of the sixty foot liar woman. Oh yeah, like, like and her giant tears just fall, and then they drown Tiny Town. And then Sessions is like, ah! the thing about her is that you get the sense that she has an idea what's going on. So like. You know, some of these people, it's like I I don't know. It's early onset dementia, etc. With her, she's like. You know, she has the ability to speak as though she's a rational person, but she's just lying. Yeah. So overthrow, down the memory hole, goodbye. Great. Layla? 
gosh, I want to say ditto, but yeah, she is, she's just the worst of the worst. Overthrow isn't even the word for her. Right. Sex. (laughs) Um, you know, I I actually think I have, I have really, uh, negative thoughts in my head right now about sex and what I would sex Stephen Miller, (laughs) Um, you know, anti-immigrant bastard you know just like all right you want to see some you want to see some sex in the immigrant you know you want to see what narcos do <laughs> yeah okay so like i yeah, think i should yeah, move yeah. on oh from i that. like that i like that. i think i should move on from that but we'll just, just send him like bah, a like a bah. narco ranchero you know yeah. but it might be actually feed into you know it's like but those people they they mostly stay you know in mexico but you know just you don't want to feed into that. You don't want to feed into it. But it's like, you know what? You keep saying what you're saying. Some of these are, people are going to come after you. Just a little El Chapo <laughs> winking. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah, like, cuidate. Winking and a little eggplant emoji and just leave it at that. Mm-hmm. There's a little kiss, El Chapo, just like. Oh, you don't I think mean, El Chapo's hot? Elect, you don't think, are, he looks like my primo. <laughs> <laughs> um okay so you're sexing stephen miller who are you overthrowing or who who are we electing i mean i'm gonna go with you and tiny town and jeff Jeff sessions i mean it's just it's just just you know just give him his own little truman show the sessions show and then we can watch it like that's all i'm thinking like he'll it'll turn into a reality show that's great truman show is a great idea mm -hmm. just build a little tiny town celebration florida (laughs) move them all down there it really should be a reality show that is only on tv and has no bearing on the real world so we'll create sort of a post-trumpian former trump officials Truman Show esque. Well, that was the idea. Trump was going to have his. They own wouldn't be the same show. people. They wouldn't be the same people on it every week, though. Exactly. Yeah. They'd yeah. all the mooch. Like different people each week. There's there is a deep <laughs> a deep bench of people who can sh- show up on the, this program. And... <laughs> I know it just writes itself. But the only law Jeff, is that Jeff they can't actually this. touch the real world. No, they absolutely cannot. For me. Jeff Sessions needs needs a sex. He just does. I usually go with the women because I'm misogynist like that, and I'm like, you know, she <laughs> just give her give her the rabbit, uh, give her the give her the rabbit. Oh God! No. But I don't want to imagine Sarah Huckabee Sanders having an orgasm for some reason. That I feel like there's more tears than there is anything when she yeah, when ma- she owes. The mascara is not gonna not gonna be. It won't. No, definitely not. Jeff Sessions, though, is somebody who I feel like masturbates Mm -hmm. (laughs) with like a glove on. (laughs) So there's there's no no skin. He he masturbates with a condom and a glove (laughs) and just like (laughs) rubber on rubber playing Ave Maria in the background. Um, and like eating uh, a marshmallow. This is what I imagine him. So I feel like he needs to break that habit. <laughs> There's a lot going yeah, on there. It's really it's tough. <laughs> it's very disturbing. It's a little serial killer. It is. So I just want to sex him. Just a little sex and be like, um, you sexy. You sexy little man. Oh, God. How, how little man, you, you sexy. Don't mix- let don't let anyone tell you you're not sexy. Like, why you hate immigrants? You've always been sexy something like maybe just throw him off the scent sarah huckabee sanders never got the position 
as softball coach of, <laughs> uh, you know, of, of a women's co- school uh, in of, Ohio. Of, a, of scripts yeah. <laughs> of a women's school in Ohio softball coach. She wanted the position. She went out for it. She has a strong arm. She had an idea of the plays yeah. and she was passed up. And I think we've been paying for it ever since. So I want to elect her to that softball coach position oh that she's been waiting Beautiful. for. Yeah. And uh, you'll have Mike and in the stands. They'll be state champions. It'll be amazing. She'll be on local news. She might do a podcast. And then she's going to go into a line of um, she's going to sell Mary Kay door to door. And she's going to be one of the top sellers. She had a whole life planned is what i'm saying yeah. this was not part of that plan yeah this was not part of her destiny no she meant she was meant to lie to people about cosmetics that don't work yeah. on their face yeah. <laughs> not Just to like, the country keep your incompetence local yeah and overthrow the fuck out of stephen miller just like put a just disappear that dude throw a a blanket over his head, throw him into a white van and dump him in the middle of South Central. I want to see him just, I I don't know. I want to see him work his way out of a sea of people of color. Dump him on the fucking border between Guatemala and Mexico. That's where I want him. I want him to be there ferrying migrants across that border and just see for himself, man. He was called honky once in middle school and he's never forgiven was people of even, cover. Was he even? <laughs> he wasn't even that rich. That's what I don't get yeah, about. Yeah, you're not even that rich. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's not even a real Louis Vuitton. Yeah, like, you don't even have a Beamer. <laughs> you guys, this has been such a fun episode of The Bituation Room. Thank you for joining us, Layla. Thanks for having us. Thanks yeah. for making us laugh. This Any, week has thanks been for crazy. Hosting. <laughs> Layla, anything you want to plug? What should the people know about you, about your organization? Amazon Watch, we got to work together. This, I mean, we talk a lot about unity and, you know, this is the time we have to come together from right here in the Mission District of California, right here in California, all the way down to to Brazil. Find out more about Amazon Watch uh, on the website, amazonwatch.org. Yep. They do amazing things. They have events. They have really great resources on the website and also, I, I believe, occasionally organized trips down. Yep. Um, so please get involved and look at, at I'm like such a fangirl of Layla's work. And Yona, last words, plugs, anything you want to say? Get fucking vote like I, I tell your friends to vote it's yeah. really it's just not an option and especially like I know people have Facebook friends in swing districts pay attention make sure that they're going to vote it's so fucking important um, and you know Tuesday's gonna come and it might not be great it might be fantastic but after after we vote like we still have to be organized we have to be paying attention to what's going on and uh right we keep we keep marching on yeah Yeah. and with that i just want to say thank you all for listening please make sure to subscribe please make sure to review us give us five stars on itunes and when us i i mean me and when me i mean i and i i mean myself and all the lovely people who i've had on the bituation room um keep listening keep supporting and remember Don't just bitch about it. Be about it. Bye-bye.